Okay. Did you get the wire out? The red wire. Huh? No, no. No, the red one. Show me the red wire. The red one. Yes, good. Now, you're going to plug that red wire where the blue wire goes in the board. Put the red wire where the blue wire goes in the board, okay? But don't let them touch. See where you took the blue one off? Yes. Now, put the red one... No, don't, don't put the blue one back. Put the red one where the blue one was and put the blue one where the red one was. But be careful. They're oppositely charged, so keep them away from each other. Make sure you hold them apart from... No, hold them apart. Are you okay? Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 404, Siege of the Clones. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Master Yoda. To my Count Dooku, we have Carl LeClaire. Count Dooku. Master Yoda. You have interfered with our affairs for the last time. <laughs> Oh, Jason, I'm just so excited to be back to talk uh, to talk more Attack of the Clones and of course some more Mandalorian. I'm I'm loving this whole team up of uh Mandalorian and Attack of the Clones weeks. Uh it's it's turning out to be a lot of fun. And we're going to have another one next week, but more on that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we are uh, last week of course we talked about uh, some of our favorite character moments from Attack of the Clones this week we're going to look at some of our favorite action scenes in Attack of the Clones because of course there's lots of those Um, Mm -hmm. and as we introduced last week we're going to start each episode until the end of season 2 of Mandalorian with a little segment called Mando Watch where we'll just do a quick look um, at the, the, the previous week's episode so again as we said last week we will discuss spoilers so just be advised about that in case you have not yet watched chapter 12 the siege um, we're going to be getting into that in a little bit here um, and like we said last week you know this isn't meant to be an extensive look in depth at each episode just kind of some of our initial thoughts because it's hard not to talk about something brand new of star wars each week when it's right there in our face so mm-hmm. um so we love combining this with with some attack of the clones um so we're going to be doing a lot of that again this week. Um, and before we get into all of that, of course, we had a, a poll last week in light of the episode where we asked each all of you what your favorite character moment from Attack of the Clones was. And Jason, what did the Larians choose for this wonderful little poll? 
All right. Well, we got uh, some fun little responses here. Uh, in fourth place with one vote each, we've got uh, the Obi-Wan and Dooku scene in the prison. You know, Traitor. Oh, no, my friend, this is a mistake, a terrible mistake. They've gone too far. This is madness. Um, anyway, and then we've so got... Good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I will use any excuse I can to quote Dooku. Um, I thought you were the leader here, Dooku. This has nothing to do with me, I can assure you. I should petition immediately for your release. Well, I hope it doesn't take too long. I have work to do. May I ask... Why, a Jedi Knight is all the way out here on Geonosis? I'm tracking a bounty hunter named Django Fett. Do you know him? There are no bounty hunters here that I'm aware of. The Geonosians don't trust them. Well, who can blame them? But he is here. <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Like, was, I got one vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that scene got one vote. Um, <laughs> then we have uh, Yoda letting Dooku go in order to save Obi-Wan and Anakin uh, at the end of the duel. We have, uh, well, then we came to rescue you. Good job. Um, <laughs> so that was, that got a vote. Uh, the death of Shmi, that scene. Um, Anakin searching for his mother. And then Anakin and Obi-Wan uh, talking dreams and politicians um, was, a, was a fun scene that we got. Uh, in third place with two votes, we've got Dex's Diner, uh, which featured here on our list. Um, in second place with three votes, we have, do you like your army? I look forward to seeing them in action. The scene between Django and Obi-Wan. Uh, and then in first place with five votes, uh, we've got the, I killed them all scene. That was your top pick last week, Carl. So, um, that rounds out our, our poll. So yeah. some really great picks. Yeah. Uh, there, there, there is just there's so many good character moments in Attack of the Clones, and I think it doesn't get the credit for it because uh-huh. right, it's just it's it's the movie that's easiest to to kind of heap criticism on, but there is some really great stuff in here, and it really propels the story in exciting and kind of like imagination building ways. Um, I really I love what Attack of the Clones does. It's um, it's a fantastic movie, as I have repeatedly defended over the years. <laughs> yes, <No>. indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so we have a real epic matchup for you uh, for next week. So we'll we'll announce that at the end of the show. Also, at the end of the episode, we will finally be finishing up the A New Hope radio drama with the final episode, episode th- episode thirteen, Force and Counterforce. Um, and then in two weeks, we'll be here on the show, on the main show, talking all about the A New Hope radio drama. Um, so uh, for those of you who've been listening along, that'll be at the end of the episode again this week, uh, the final episode of the New Hope radio drama. And one final piece just of, of, of an update. Like we said last week, we are going to be doing an Attack of the Clones soundtrack giveaway, um, a copy of the Attack of the Clones soundtrack. Uh, it is it, it's a copy of my own, so it's not like something new and sealed in the package. But I I assure you, it works great and sounds great. Um, so if you he would like, played, to, he has played it recently. It's in working order. Yes, so. indeed. Um, so all you have to do if you if you're interested in in entering that giveaway is you can do. There are a few options. Option one is write a re- uh, a review for us in the iTunes Store. Um, on Twitter, you can. Um, I'm going to put out a, a a tweet about this at the end of the week. Um, so of course, all you need to do there is like it and retweet it. 
to be entered. And then the final option, of course, uh, if is, is if you're on our Instagram, which is just the underscore Wampusler, you can like the image and share it to your story um, to be entered into the contest. And if you do all three, you're entered three times. Um, so the sky's the limit. Yes. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That's how you can. Uh, and we'll do that this week and next week. And then we'll we'll announce the winner of that at the uh, when we do our a new hope radio drama discussion in a couple weeks. Yes. So uh, it's a good soundtrack. I've yes. got it. Yes. So, um, so, all right. I feel like I just talked people's ears off there. Uh, is there anything else we need to get to before we hop into uh, our, our, our look here at uh, chapter 12, the siege? I don't think so. I don't have anything. All right. Well then Jason, do you know what it's time for? It's time for Mando Watch. Mando Watch. That guy sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, Chapter 12, The Siege, directed for the first time by Carl Weathers, who of course plays Grief Karga. <laughs> Um, and, uh, as, as a lot of folks were predicting, right, that this did not take us right to Ahsoka, uh, we knew we were probably going to get a little side adventure again and it brings Mando back to Navarro and, uh, for some much needed repairs for the Razor Crest. Um, oh God. yes, uh, <laughs> Jason, I gotta say, because I actually, I played this clip at the top of the episode, one of my favorite parts of this episode, and I have watched just this scene, both on my own and with my girlfriend, probably a combined 30 times, is that <laughs> opening scene between the, the Mandalorian and the child fixing the wires. It is hilarious. I like that humor. Just it. It's perfect to me. Like it's it's like it's kind of timeless humor to every time I've watched it. I laugh my butt off. And it was so funny because. I always watch these episodes. I'll get up first thing Friday morning and, and, and watch them. And then usually Friday night, I see my girlfriend and we watch them together. And she she's a teacher and she had just had a really long, difficult day with her students. She teaches fourth graders. And um, she watching that scene, she's like, I feel like these are my these are my students, <laughs> like, you know, uh, especially like when he's like, now the blue one, don't put it there. And he immediately plugs it back in. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not, you know, <laughs> what did you think of that scene? So did, did, did it? I, I loved it. No, yeah. I really did. It was, it's hilarious because it's, it's like every parent or every teacher with every kid they've ever dealt with. Um, and as someone who has, you know, taught kids before and done childcare work, uh, in the past, you know, I, I've experienced that, um, I've also watched my parents deal with that and watched my sister deal with that with her kids. And it's just hilarious to put it in terms of Din and the child, which he's got to come up with a name, right? He's got to name yeah. the kid eventually, right? You, you would think, uh, but it, I don't know. There is something it's endearing not, not about him being the child. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's not the way. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Oh my gosh! 
Yeah, no, it was a great scene. It, and I was like, I know how this is going to end. And I knew where it was going from the minute it started. As soon as you said, don't touch the wires, I was like, he's going to touch the wires. Um, <laughs> and it still was hilarious, you yeah. know. And just the, the shot of him going, <sighs> and yeah. as the smoke comes out. Right, right. And, and then the cough with the smoke, you know, billowing, <laughs> you know, inside. I was just like, yep, that's that's prime star wars humor um yeah so um, it's so good it is and, and then it, and then at the very end i have to say him throwing up after all the spins eating the cookies after eating all the cookies <laughs> was also that same level of humor and he, he called it um what was it onboard maintenance yes uh, yep. <laughs> yeah, some onboard some maintenance maintenance. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> i was like yep yep this is uh same yeah. kind of humor. But it was so hilarious. Yeah. Well, actually, I like that you bring up that point, too, because I, in, in, in a funny way, they are two little moments that kind of showcase his parenting style, really, and, and how he's learning to be a parent. Um, you yep. know, the, the first season is very much um, he's, he's just the protector, right? He's kind of he's kind of the warrior protector. But now he's he really is, you know, after he's been become this clan of two he really has seen himself more of a parent than anything else and after you know the child kind of electrocutes himself and just he does you know that deep sigh but then he says are you all right right like he he genuinely cares um and then you know well he's he's tidying him up after he throws up you know there's just uh, there is a tenderness for the way in which he cares for the child um and yeah. and, and i think we're going to continue to see more of his evolution as a caretaker. Yeah. And of course you got to visit uncle grief and auntie Kara, um, you know, on, on Navarro and uncle grief. Karga is a very proud uncle. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see, Mando, the Mando been taking care of you. Have you been taking care of him? Yeah. It was yeah. so good. Well, it's, uh, I love it. The, I love that that whole sequence. That welcome back sequence was just great. Um, yeah. So when as they're walking through the streets of of the town in Navarro, it's cool to see all the vibrant colors of just both like the the people that inhabit the city as well as just like the you know the the shop uh, like uh, banners banners. Thank like you. Yeah. There's just such a vibrancy to it now. Um, there's even the, you know there's the school now in a place that was once you know kind of a deadly scary place it's now this vibrant place for uh you know raising young ones and um i mean they've really put it on its feet and i'm curious to know how much time has passed between when they you know when they leave and until now i can't imagine it's that long but it's certainly long enough to kind of rebuild um and it's just really cool to see that just visually that it is a um it's just a very different space now yeah no it's it's really cool um it's nice to go back and see the impact that uh, Din has had and, you know, our characters have had and the continuing impact that, you know, Grief Karga and Cara Dune have had on, on the city here in Navarro as well. You know, the, she's the marshal, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> which that was a fun scene. Um, watching her with the uh, Aquilish thugs uh, in the old armorers uh area so that was a fun scene and of course she has a pet now um <laughs> yeah yeah unwillingly but yeah uh she's got a pet now 
uh, this little weasel thing. Um, yeah. That, so that, go I, ahead. I, well, I was just going to say that I, I like that there's this added addition of this animal being attracted to her too. Um, mm-hmm. One, because quite literally she does save him in the beginning. I mean, again, inadvertently, it's not like she went there to do that. Um, but this is kind of a theme. It's been a theme in Star Wars that certain characters attract animals, um, most notably Ezra, right? Ezra has this strong bond with with certain creatures and animals in Rebels. And it's my interpretation of that is, is because these animals and like this is something that we we kind of express in our own lived world now, like today, is that animals are attracted to kind hearted people, right? Um you know, dogs really know who to like because you're a good person and stuff like that. You know, yeah. so this little addition of this this creature now kind of following her around and it, it kind of indicates that it, it senses the goodness that exists in Kara, even though she does have a little bit of a tough exterior. <laughs> a little bit? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, I mean, we got another, you know, ass kicking uh, exposition from Cara Dune yeah. to this episode and it was it was great uh to watch so yeah um, i definitely I like saw hints of her character. wwe training in there oh yeah oh yeah definitely yeah. you know the they're not wwe rolling. i'm sorry i'm thinking of sasha banks here it's, it's she's an mma fighter but yeah right 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 yeah um but yeah it, the the move where she rolled over and grabbing the limp body yeah. of the other guy and, yeah. you know lifted him up as a you know human shield that was that was pretty cool. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see why she's the marshal. She's a one man wrecking machine, right? Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's really nice to see the impact that our characters have had in a positive way on this place, and as they turn it around and bring it back to life and things like that. And of course, the whole story is built around. Well, there's one last imperial holdout that we want to get rid of yeah and you're the guy to help us with that so <laughs> right right um yeah and and then you know that's kind of the crux of the story then is kind of this infiltration story um and and we've gotten a few of these i mean really i mean even the pre- previous weeks you know with chapter 11 story you know boarding the the imperial ship infiltration stories are just kind of a common story beat in star Wars, but honestly mm-hmm. they work for me 99.9% of the time. And mainly because those are the, those are literally the stories that I played with my cousin when we were kids playing big star Wars, <laughs> when we were running around his house with our little Lego guns and pretending they were blasters and lightsabers, you know, those were the typical storylines we created it was like, Oh, we have to infiltrate this base to steal these plans or like, Oh, we have to infiltrate to destroy this weapon. Right. It was, it was just kind of mm-hmm. a basic adventure plot. And it was really fun seeing that, but of course, what they expected wasn't quite what was there. You know, um, right. they go there thinking it's going to be a quick little easy mop up job. We destroy this place, but we un- <laughs> we uncover some secrets. Um, also, I love I love the Mithril in this episode. I love that he's back. I love his dynamic yes. with them. I love that he takes a gun and and, and joins in the fight. Um, as he's, ridiculous as, as it is, you know, he, you know, did the whole sort of, um, oh, oh what am I trying to think of uh, the whack-a-mole pop-up thing, you know, there on the, <laughs> the landing bay, yeah. <laughs> it was the stormtroopers coming out of the, uh, uh, the elevator and he just sort of like pops up and down once or twice before <laughs> shooting. I was like, just ridiculous stuff, but it worked, yeah. uh, for me. So, 
especially when you've got him between you know Kara and Grief, who totally know what they're doing. So yeah, um, yeah but yeah. yeah, no, it's a fun, fun to have him back. So yeah, <laughs> um, but right, they 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 uncovered this message from. Oh, do you remember the doctor's name? Pershing, Doctor Pershing. Yeah, right, Pershing. Where, um, eh, right? They they hear this message about him checking the M count. D- I mean, it's got to be Metaclorians, right? That's yeah, what the M count's got to be. Yeah, um, yeah it's got to be. And that's clearly what they were harvesting the blood of the child for. So, I mean, what do you mm. think? What What do you think Gideon wants from this? Oh well, I mean, I've seen the theories and uh, the the mutilated sort of uh, abandoned test bodies that they ran across makes me think we might be seeing something Snoke related. Um, but also, it could be related to what uh, we got revealed at the very very end of the episode. Um, so I don't know exactly what Gideon has been doing with these. <clears throat> dark troopers uh, <laughs> uh there's a blast from the 1990s for yeah, you yeah. um in star wars so uh but yeah i don't know what he's doing with these and if that the uh the tests at this site have anything to do with those or not but um i, I have seen the snoke theories that uh perhaps the the blood from this force sensitive child um, is being used to possibly uh, grow the first Snoke. Mm. Um, and it's not working right now because the experiments aren't working and they don't have any more of his blood. So yeah, they've run. I think that my favorite part of this is again, it, this is just good old star Wars mystery, right? Like oh, yeah. it's going to keep us guessing until we get the answers, which we may not even get till the end of the season. If this season, right? Like, you know, right. they could be bleeding this over to the third season. We don't know. Um, or a different property. What's or, or a different show or, right, or thing right, right. It, it, you know, somewhere else. So, yeah. you know, it doesn't have to be answered in the Mandalorian. Yeah. That's the crazy thing. The one, the one body that they kind of zoom in on in one of those test tube type things it honestly, like looking very closely, it's kind of got that scar down the the forehead. Or I was like, that could be Snoke. Um, the only reason I don't know that it is is I remember in an interview, I think at the end of the summer, John Favreau, um, or maybe it was Dave Filoni, but one of them was quoted for saying that there would be no direct ties to Episode Nine with this movie. Um, they did say that they were going to explore the beginnings of the First Order, but it was not going to have a direct tie to Episode Nine which makes me think that I don't think this is it. And also remember Palpatine says in episode nine that he created Snoke. So I don't know why that would be, you know, Gideon's thing. Um, Well, I I, mean, the thing is Palpatine can give an order and the empire takes it and he will claim that as his own creation. So, you know, that's, yeah, that's true too. But but yeah, I think, uh, I, I think, the the most imminent danger of this is obviously that Gideon is alive. They all know this now and they know that uh-huh. the child's still in danger. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, I, I'm just so excited to see, see where that goes. And like you said, you know, obviously the episode closes with Gideon standing in the midst of what seemed to be dark troopers, which was, they were created um, in the dark empire comic that came out, I believe in 95. Um, 
And the dark troopers were slightly force sensitive elite stormtroopers that had very distinctly cool looking armor. Um, but I've seen a lot of people pointing out for the end of this episode, and I th- I think I have to agree with it, um, that these aren't actual like human beings, that they're actual battle droids. Um, yeah. And I think that that's true, because if you look at them as they kind of give you that long shot of all of them right before we go to credits, you can see all their hands in a very rigid formation. Like they don't look human yeah. at all. They just look like droid hands. Um, yeah, well, there were, there were different models of dark troopers exactly. if i recall yeah. Um, yeah yeah and some of them were more cyborg and some of them were more droid than anything else so you know it, right. it, you know there's and, different models of them so and to, it still uh, might be a form of dark trooper yeah and to correct myself they actually weren't introduced in dark empire the comic they were introduced in dark forces the video game uh, ah not, there we go i don't think they're in dark empire the comic um but they are certainly in dark forces because kyle katarn fights them in that game um but anyway, yeah, it's just it, like I love this for two reasons. One, it's really cool to see like something really neat from Legends brought back and and kind of reappropriated. And Dark Troopers are just a, such a cool thing. So Gideon's got, you know, Stormtroopers are nothing to really be afraid of, especially Stormtroopers on their last legs, like the guys that are fighting with Gideon. Um, it's cool that he's got Death Troopers. I hope we see more of them because I love Death Troopers. I think they're the coolest looking troopers in Star Wars, in my opinion. So I hope we get more of them. But yeah, um, I also really liked the Imperial officer at the end of the episode. And I'm blanking on the actor's name, but uh, I looked her up. She's actually um, a martial artist and fitness um, guru on Instagram. And it makes me think, like, again, this is just me speculating, but it's like, why cast somebody like that for a brief role if not to re- – right? Like, why why, why cast somebody with that specific type of skill set if you're not going to use it later? And I just think it would be so cool to see that officer go toe-to-toe with Cara Dune. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, and again, this is me literally speculating. And again, I feel like a jerk that I can't even remember the actor's name. Um, but again, I, I – I looked her up because I was just really curious because I like, I don't know why, but I was just so mesmerized by her for, for those like brief moments she's on screen. Um, but I was like, Oh, this person's also a skilled fighter, like in real life. What an interesting, um, what an interesting person to bring into the show at this point. Maybe, maybe we'll see them take on Cara Dune because uh, they both are, they're both actors that are tra- trained fighters. So, you know, you don't have to do as much stunt coordination with folks like that. So I see you looking it up. So thank you. I am uh, Katie O'Brien. Mm-hmm. Is that her? That's it. Yep. Yeah, that's her. Yep. So, yeah. um, so hopefully that that's something we might see later too, which would be really cool. Indeed. Um, so, um, anything else from this episode that really stuck out to you? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I will say that, uh, when I found out the episode was directed by Carl Weathers, um, I could totally see, you know, the way that he did this is he was, this episode was directed like a coming home Hmm. and Carl Weathers, really seems to have a great fondness for the people he works with. And I felt like that came out in the episode um, in the way that he directed things and had things, uh, you know, done and, and was the way it was shot and everything. So um, I just think from a, you know, a you know, 3000 foot view, 30,000 foot view of, of the episode, I think 
that was sort of a, a nice thing to see. Like he seems to have fully bought in on the show itself, but also the people working on it. And, and this seemed to be very much uh, something that he thoroughly enjoyed working on and hmm. really wanted to highlight each of his friends uh, in a special way in the episode. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I, I want to point out is um, obviously we were, we started the show by talking about our, our attack of the clones character points. Mm. This, this, this episode had my favorite character, Cara Dune character moment. Um, I, I was very oh. kind of whatever about her character in season one. Like I didn't dislike her, but I didn't particularly love her either. She was just kind of there. Um, but this particular, this scene at the end of the episode with her and that rebel pilot, I absolutely loved because it was just such great character development um, to hear her say, I lost everyone, you know, and yeah. there, there's just such a, a respect from that rebel pilot. I also, by the way, love that they brought that guy back. He can't, also don't remember that actor's name, um, but he's in. Uh, they, do you know it? Uh, I'm looking him up right now. Uh, oh, Paul's young, young Lee. Yes. He oh. is in uh, a Canadian's uh, sitcom called Kim's Convenience, where he plays a Korean convenience store owner in Canada. And it's just an adorable, funny show. Um, and he's apparently like he's been a lifelong Star Wars fan. So I wonder if that's how he got his way into the show. Um, but anyway, it's it, he's phenomenal in his part. And when he leaves that medallion for Kara, my interpretation of that, and I'd love to hear yours. Um, my interpretation of that moment is, is that was something that he earned. It was some sort of medal he earned, but he left it out of respect for her. Um, mm -hmm. So it, again, it was just like this, this moment where he understands why she's kind of out of that official fight now, right? Like, yes, she's done a great job of helping to clean up Navarro. Um, she's clearly a skilled soldier, but her fighting days are kind of just done. She feels like she did what she had to. And, and, and he just has this profound respect for her. And in the music during that scene too, you get uh, a little bit of the March of the Resistance. Did you notice that? I'm going to play Missed. it. Well, thank God we finally got the music. <laughs> so yeah. um, from Ludwig Gorenson, and this is this is from the track called "Quite a Soldier." It's the last track on the on the score here, and it starts at the 43 second mark. Let me let me play this for you, and you'll be able to tell very easily that this is um, just a slow version of the. Uh, um, sorry. March of the resistance. March of the resistance. Yes. Um, sorry. I've got my mute, my volume down a lot. And, uh, and that just that beautiful string music, of course, you know, my, my, preference of star wars music is always kind of those slow jams um mm -hmm. <laughs> so the more romantic type sounds um but I, I i you know um apparently you can hear bits of the march of the resistance too when the pilots are flying away after chapter 10 um so i think this is ludwig gordonson's way of kind of pointing at that these this the, the new republic is on its way to becoming the resistance at some point um but yeah, I just I just love yeah. that moment because um I think and and this is like this is me as a viewer. Like I said, I've I've never been I've always just been kind of whatever about Cara Dune. Again, I don't particularly love her and I don't I certainly don't hate her. Um 
but this moment made me really like her because through that pilot's eyes, I saw this really wounded character. Um, and I think that that's something a lot of Star Wars fans are attracted to is, is characters that, that carry a lot of wounds. I mean, why do you think there's so many people that are obsessed with Kylo Ren? Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it really gave me um, a respect for that character. And when he leaves that medallion, um, I just found like, it's just such a beautiful little moment. It really was. And um, it's. It is definitely done out of respect. It is definitely something he's he's recognizing her suffering. Mm. He's recognizing that she's been through it. And um, I think that's kind of part of why she ended up, you know, in the outer rim hiding away is that. She was like, all right, well, my work is done and I'm no longer needed. And so I'll just become invisible. Um, and he's like, no, you deserve to be seen. You deserve to be recognized. And the, the cost that you have endured to become who you are uh, is, is an important thing to acknowledge. And so he does that. Yeah. So. You know, and he says that he served during all the run and he's obviously old enough to have, you know, been an X-Wing pilot, you know, all throughout the uh, the rebellion. So, yeah, um, yeah. it's, you know, I mean, he's older uh, than her. Yeah, he's older than her. So, um, so yeah, it's it's definitely, you know, he, he knows he knows he probably, you know, has a lot of friends who lost people in all the run. So, yeah, he, this is not the first time he's run across someone like this. So he, he understands. Um, so yeah, I, and I, I think that was a a really nice moment. Something that, you know, again, I, I think Carl Weathers really liked focusing in on each of these characters just for a minute. And this was definitely what he did for, uh, Cara Dune and in this moment. So it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing if that, has any weight further on in uh, in the series so um oh i think it will i don't think you give us a moment like that to not have some sort of follow-up and the way she I, the way she actually like her body turns right like there, there is um that's you know that's some smart acting there um that carl carl weathers obviously also helped to direct is when the rebel pilot is leaving you know the whole time he was talking to her she was kind of facing away from him but as he leaves her whole body turns like she kind of opens up to him and watches him leave, you know, mm-hmm. and watches him leave. So to me, it's like, yeah, there's something's going to come from that. You know, that that yeah. meant something to her. So, yeah, it did. Yeah. It did. Oh. But uh, yeah, no, I, I'm looking forward to what we're going to get next episode. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. We're uh, yes. pretty sure we know where that's going. <laughs> yeah, it's the the next episode is written and directed by Dave Filoni, so I think we know where we're going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So we'll be excited to to talk about more of that next week with our next edition. Mando Watch. You're welcome, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Start. Uh, so why don't we uh, switch gears here into one of the greatest sequels of all time, 
episode two, Attack of the Clones. Um, yeah. <laughs> and for all of you pulling out your hair right now, well, I'm sorry for you, but you've got a little less hair now. <laughs> um, so, you know, last week we looked at some of our favorite character moments. So this week, like I said, we want to look at some of our favorite action scenes. Um, and uh, again, there's quite a few, but we just picked a, We just picked a few um, just so uh, for time's sake. Um, yes. Since you kicked off last week, Jason, how about I kick us off this week? Sounds good to me. Okay. Um, my, the, the first action sequence I want to point out is the, uh, the Zam Wessel chase through the, uh, skyline of Coruscant. Um, you know, as, as you know, Jason, as we've done this show for many years now, um, I'm not a huge fan of chase scenes. They're just in any movie in general. Um, but I love the Zam Wessel chase through Coruscant. And I'll be honest, the, the main reason I love it is, is just the aesthetic of it. I love Coruscant at night. It just looks so cool to me. And, you know, seeing the the crowded space lanes and just kind of, you know, all of those great, uh, the CGI just holds up so much better at, at at nighttime too, I will say. Um, I actually just watched Revenge of the Sith the other day. It had been a while since I'd watched it. I got to say that just props to ILM just in three years time between attack of the clones and revenge of the Sith did that, that CG just got so good. And again, attack of the clones is amazing, but revenge of the Sith is, I would say on par and better than still a lot of movies coming out today, you know, 20 years, almost 20 years later. Um, so yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, but the, the part of the, the chase scene that I would say action wise that I kind of enjoy the most is when Anakin dives down onto Zam speeder, um, like just kind of that, that reckless abandon he has. Um, and, and I think it's a combination of two things in that moment. I think for Anakin first and foremost, is he's kind of expressed to Obi-Wan throughout the chase, he's really confident in himself, you know, bordering on arrogant, um, bordering on cocky, but he's also very confident. And, you know, I think he knows what he needs to do. And and it, secondly, it also shows his tenacity to find who's trying to kill Padme. You know, he's not going to hold anything back. And I love watching him as he kind of struggles to stay on top of the ship. Is Zam trying to, you know, make him fall off by doing some evasive maneuvers and stabbing down with his lightsaber. It's just it's a really cool visual. Um, mm. And, you know, it's. It's kind of neat to me because the whole time I'm thinking to myself, all right, this is the chosen one. It's Anakin Skywalker, but he's still a bit sloppy. And I like that. Like he's not he's not as good as he thinks he is. Right. As Obi-Wan said to him not too long ago, only in your very in your mind, my very young apprentice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I give Anakin props for just having that that kind of. Uh, that impulsive behavior because I, I kind of can identify <laughs> um, <laughs> and and ultimately like this this action scene also uh, like a lot of the early scenes in the movie when Anakin and Obi-Wan are on screen together it really shows kind of the difference in their styles Anakin is all about the speed I had to find a speeder that I liked you know the right speed right. capabilities whereas An yeah. whereas Obi-Wan is more slow more measured more let's be patient use the force <laughs> you know um, the high to run. Yeah. Sorry, I master. <laughs> I try master. Why do I get the feeling you're going to be the death of me? Don't say that master. You're the closest thing I have to a father. 
then why won't you listen to me? I am trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my first one is, is, is that, that chase through Coruscant. I mean, it's a good chase. It's a very good chase. Um, yeah, there, there's some fun moments. I, I do like the power couplings, you know, just going through and getting electrocuted. <laughs> it, it amuses me. Um, but definitely the, the standout moment in that chase is the, the diving through the lanes of traffic onto Zam's speeder. You know, it's just going completely the other way. Once again, you proven, will you excuse me? <laughs> I hate it when he does that. And Obi was not even worried. He's like, yeah. oh, again. So, uh, <laughs> and then he has to go catch up. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's such a great, great fun scene. Uh, and I love it so much. But yeah, I, lo- I love it's on the list. It's not on my list, but yeah, I'm glad I figured it wouldn't be. Board. So I'm glad we got a chance to yeah. talk about it. Um, what is the yeah. first one on your list? First one on my list, uh, number three for me, is going to be the Starfighter uh, chase through the asteroid field around Geonosis. Nice. So I love this this uh, Starfighter chase between Slave One and Obi-Wan's uh, Jedi Starfighter. Number one, I just love the Jedi Starfighter. It's a really cool ship. Um, not, you know, not as much as I like the Naboo Starfighter, but it's pretty close. Um, but uh I I love it because we get, you know, just Obi-Wan moaning and complaining the whole time about flying and, and everything and at the same time still being a really good pilot. Um, it's like Anakin's rubbed off on him. Um, <laughs> but I will say one of the, the my favorite parts about this uh, sequence, this whole scene, are the sonic charges. Um, I love those things. It is the coolest sound effect in Star Wars other than the lightsaber, in my opinion. So uh, I have always, always, always enjoyed the, the sound effects for the, the sonic charges, and it's just fantastic the way that they animate it and, you know, with sound cutting out completely for like a split second before just ripping through everything. So <laughs> it's really, really good. Um, yeah, you want to hear it? Yes, I do. Sorry, I probably turned that up a little too loud. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a loud, it's a loud effect in the movie too. So, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's still good. Um, yeah, not not too much uh, else in you know in, in what I like about this. There's just not a lot more to say because it is a short sequence, and it's just you know, you know, more of this tete a tete between. Obi-Wan and Django, you know, so they, they had the rumble in the rain. Now they've got this moment in the asteroid uh, ring. Um, so Django gets away the first time and Obi-Wan gets away this time. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun sequence. Uh, but like I said, it's those, those sonic charges that really elevate the scene to be one of my favorites in the movie. So yeah, in terms of action. Yeah. Um, see, it's so funny because just, you know, like my, I love that we both started with a chase scene, but this chase scene really doesn't work for me. I just, for whatever reason, I do love the sonic charges for sure. Um, and it is cool. Like seeing the slave one kind of do cool stuff. Cause we just see it fly in a straight line twice and empire strikes back. Um, yep. 
so it's it's really neat, but it just I don't know. It's just not one of it's just not one of my favorite scenes. Um, but I love that it's on your list, and and it is cool to see kind of while Obi Wan is reluctant to be a pilot, he's darn good at it. Um, he is quite good because we can imagine Django. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's funny is I I reread Master and Apprentice this summer with some friends. The the new you know Star Wars book. Um, and in that book, Obi Wan loves flying. It's really interesting. Um, it's something that <laughs> think, he, he hasn't yet to learn a dislike for. I think Anakin is the reason why he hates flying. Would make um, sense. <laughs> <laughs> After a decade of flying with that kid, I'm sure that had a, a lasting effect on him. <laughs> um, that's great. I love that. Good, good yeah. pick. Thank you. Okay, what's your what's your second pick? Oh. It's a little part of a duel between two wonderful characters. Brave of you, boy. But I would have thought you had learned your lesson. I am a slow learner. Oh, I love I love the fight between Anakin and Dooku. It's so cool. <laughs> um it's good. And, you know, one thing I remember, I mean, you know, all those years ago when I saw Attack of the Clones the first time in the theaters, I remember being a little underwhelmed by all the lightsaber duels, even though we get three little ones at the end, just because Duel of the Fates was just so epic. Um, and, you know, as it stands to this day, it's Duel of the Fates is like by far my favorite Star Wars lightsaber fight still. Um, and uh, so like what we got here was just very different stylistically. Um, and I've come to really enjoy it. And the part of the duel I love the most is when Anakin takes on Dooku, which I think is like, it's probably like a 40 second scene. Um, but I specifically love when he comes and Obi-Wan throws him the extra saber. Um, and again, this is just like a, a, a fun nostalgic memory, but I remember that scene being so cool to me that I practiced with my two plastic lightsabers in the backyard so I could perfect the moves of Anakin, which really wasn't that hard because there's only a few of them before he gets one of them cut in half. Um, But, uh, you know, I I love it for the character point of, uh, you know, Anakin's been laying there kind of down and out, but the thing that really springs him into action is that his master's life is in jeopardy. You know, it really shows in the same way with my last point, like he's going to jump into this fight with Zam because he really wants to help Padme, he's going to, of course, jump in, you know, all in to save Obi-Wan, who he dearly, dearly loves. Um, And then just, again, like the cool, the cool fighting between the two of them, again, shows that Anakin is very confident. Like he does think that he's capable of taking on Dooku one on one. Um, And he clearly doesn't stand a chance. Not at this point of the game. (laughs) Um, And, but I love that even Obi-Wan, like Obi-Wan enables him there. Like he's going to give him what little bit of help he can. Well, I'm down here. At least I'll give him an extra, a blade to help, you know? So I love that even though Obi-Wan has been defeated, he's, he's throwing kind of like this last ditch hope of like, all right, well, hopefully Anakin can do this. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like he's not telling Anakin to run. He doesn't tell Anakin to get him out of there or anything. Like, I think he does hold some small sliver of hope that like, well, he is the chosen one. Maybe he can do this. Right. I do feel like Obi-Wan thinks Anakin's capable of, of winning that fight. Um, but Dooku just kind of toys with him again. It's visually like a neat new style with these kind of close-ups of their faces with just the blue and the red reflecting off of them. Um, and it ends very quickly. And we learn that, 
Anakin is just kind of he's just so, Dooku is so out of his league at this point. Um, yes, but, but uh, um, again, it's it's important that that like this this cocky arrogance that Anakin kind of has gets humbled quite a bit in the movie, and I think this is kind of the the pinnacle of that. So yeah, that's my that's my next one. Yeah, no, that's a great one because um, the Dooku duels are my next one too. Um, I love these these duels, the uh, duels versus Dooku. I, Dooku, I, I've said many times before, is my favorite uh, lightsaber duelist. Um, I love his style. I love his saber. Um, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So this duel definitely is is high on my list of duels. Um, I will focus primarily on the. Yoda versus Dooku duel um, because it is just, you know, the, I will never, ever, ever. And I have said this a million times, forget the moment in the movie theater, watching this movie for the first time when Yoda pulls his cloak back to reveal the lightsaber and, you know, pulls it to his hand, uh, you know, with the force and the, the crowd energy around me in the movie theater was just you could cut it with a knife it was so <laughs> thick and excited and as soon as the saber ignited there was cheers in the audience um and then of course they he jumps into the fray and you know say what you will about it i've always enjoyed you know yoda flipping around and you know dueling with dooku and things like that um i've always enjoyed that uh, and it, it it shows you know that yoda is very capable at what he can do um, but it also gives us a point of where he will end up growing from uh, in his further journey. Um, but I will say, while while that is probably my favorite part of the duel in terms of just the visuals of it, um, my other favorite part of the duel is the trash talking with Obi Wan. <laughs> I uh, knew it. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, Master Kenobi, you disappoint me. Yoda holds you in such high esteem. Surely you can do better. It's just, it's the best trash talking in the prequels. Not <laughs> to say there's a lot um, in the prequels when it comes to the duels, but it's the some of the best dueling trash talk out there. You know, um, Dooku does it a lot. You know, in Revenge of the Sith, you know, my powers have doubled since we last met Count. Good. Twice the pride, double the fall. You know, it's he, he's always got a response to these guys. Um, but, uh, you know, I I love it. You know, Dooku is in his element up until Yoda shows up. Like this is he is barely breaking a sweat. I mean, he he kind of goes has that sigh after you know dispatching Anakin. Um, but I I do think that's more of just like, oh, all right. Now what am I going to do with these two? You know, like am I just going to kill him? Am I going to leave? You know, I think that that's part of it. Um, and then Yoda shows up, and it's just like, oh. Well, here we go again. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I can imagine seeing the two of them dueling, you know, in the training room for all the younglings and everyone going crazy. And then now it's for real this time. So, um, yeah, I love these duels. Uh, and it's so, so great. Um, Dooku yeah, is, yeah. is one of my favorite characters. Yeah, they're I mean, they're all they're all good in their own way. And they each kind of they they all of I mean, 
all of these duels combined are still quite short and, and shorter than Duel of the Fate significantly. Um, but they, like you kind of pointed out, they all have a different flavor. You know, Obi-Wan is a little bit slower. I The thing I love about the fight between Obi-Wan and Dooku, besides the trash talk, because it is great. Um, yes. But something we saw a lot in both Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi is when Anakin, or excuse me, when Luke and Vader duel, there's a lot of times where they're holding their blades against each other. Right. And just kind of holding them there as if somebody's going to overpower the other person. And I like that we kind of brought that back and saw what the point of that was. So when Dooku is doing that with Obi-Wan and he kind of brings it around into the semicircle and pushes it aside and then slashes him in the arm and the leg, it's Mm. like, oh, that's what that's all about. So, like, that's what's kind of going on with, um, you know, Luke and Vader. And it, it. in an interesting way, it shows how strong Luke is in the Force because he's able to hold that particular move against someone like Darth Vader, who's both strong in the Force and is part cybernetic, <laughs> you know? Um, right. So I really like that we kind of got that payoff with the fight against uh, Obi-Wan there with Dooku. Um, and, yeah, the the fight with Yoda, like kind of like you, Jason, I mean, I remember going nuts for it. I remember the audience going nuts for it in the theaters. I don't particularly love it. I it, and at this like this day and age um i don't know why it's just it's almost a little too fast i don't like that yoda is yelling the whole time it just seems a little too <laughs> it's a little too silly to me um but that's i mean that's just my personal flavor but i do like again like each each one kind of just amps up and, and has its own little flavor to it um mm-hmm. and i do like in that duel too when once he's kind of taken down anakin too there is this I feel like you and I have talked about this point before, Jason, but that look on Dooku's face of, oh my gosh, this is real now. Is That's how I kind of interpret it now is, is you know, it's interesting because, you know, all that research, you know, I, I did it in, for that episode last month on Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Something that was very clear to George Lucas as he was writing all these different drafts for the script is he really wanted it to be implied that like, is Dooku a good guy or a bad guy? And like, he really didn't want you to know that till the very end when he goes to Sidious. Um, I think it was clear to all of us right from the get go that he was a villain. Um, So I don't think that that was as well veiled as he was hoping. Um, But I think this one little moment is where he's trying to show that there is still some level of conflict in Dooku. Cause I don't think he's taking pleasure in cutting down. Like in a weird way, Obi-Wan is almost like a grandson type figure for him because of his relationship to Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's taking pleasure in cutting those two characters down and, and he, 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 um, he closes down his lightsaber. He doesn't walk over to finish them off. He closes down his lightsaber and I almost feel like he was just going to leave them, but then Yoda shows up. Um, right. So I don't know. What do you think? What, what's going on in his head? I, I, I do think it's sort of like, you know, a realization. Well, Oh, this is real. And now the Jedi will know, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's sort of a, well, you know, the Jedi are going to know I'm involved, obviously, um, because of the Geonosis arena and everything. But, you know, am I am I going to step over that line and kill Jedi myself? You know, he's done it with Sifo-Dyas when he became uh, Darth Tyrannus. Um, but now, now it's different. Am I going to do this out in the open? Am I going to actively, you know, take this step? Um, I mean, I think he's having fun. The duel, you know, he, he seems to be in, in a sense, uh, having this, you know, 
a little bit of glee as you know you mentioned the moment where he's you know blade against blade with obi-wan and he's he's got that sort of manic grin on his face as he's pulling obi-wan's saber away uh from the guard position so he can he can get at him um but i do think it is sort of a all right here we go you know am i am i gonna you know kill two unarmed men um or how am I going to handle this? So, yeah, because he is a classic duelist, you know, and and you don't you don't kill an unarmed person, but there's the the whisper of the dark side that's probably you know screaming in the back of his head to just you know slay them all. So, thankfully, yeah. he doesn't have to make that decision because yeah. Yoda shows up. So. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, even part of it could be, I mean, he's, he is a gentleman swordsman. He doesn't, Mm -hmm. maybe it's just, I'm not going to cut, I've defeated them. What's the point in cutting them down? Um, although he was about to do it to Obi-Wan, you know, before Anakin jumped in. So I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know. It's a great little character moment for Dooku. Um, Indeed. All right. Well, last one's here. Last one. All right. What about you? What's Um, your last one? It's rumble in the rain. Um, Nice. I mean, this is one of my favorite action sequences in Star Wars. Um, it's it's really the it's really the only fist fight in the Star Wars movies, if you think about it. Um, and it's just so stinking cool. Like it's out there in the rain. Things are slippery. You've got you know a, a well seasoned you know Jedi Knight who's obviously very good at combat. He's quite the warrior, um, but. Jango Fett is quite the warrior himself, you know, coming from Mandalore. Um, you know, he's obviously got lots of trinkets <laughs> that he can use against Obi-Wan. And he, of course, goes all out with them because he needs to. Um, but, you know, we, we've we never up until that point, um, and we have seen a, a decent amount in the Clone Wars TV show now. But up to this point, we had never seen a Jedi kind of fight hand to hand so it was just really cool to see that and i love the kick in the helmet that Django gets from obi-wan i love that he gets headbutted um you know in my opinion like obi-wan clearly has the upper hand the entire time but Django definitely gives him a run for his money um and and i think part of it too is i think obi-wan could have probably done a little more damage if he wanted to but they're fighting for two different reasons. Obi-Wan is fighting to subdue and capture, whereas Django right. is just fighting to kill him. So Django really does throw everything at him, whereas Obi-Wan is fighting with a little bit more restraint. Um, so while, yes, Django definitely stands stands tall pretty well against him, um, Obi-Wan's also, I think, trying his best not to do anything fatal. Um, but it is just like, I, again, I don't, I don't have a lot to say cause this is, it's hard to, it's just so fun to watch. Um, uh, yeah. So, so that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, it's fair enough. It, it really is a really fun action sequence. It's, you know, the, you're right. It is the fist fight, but it is the setting. It's the fact that it's Jedi versus bounty hunter, which we'd all wanted to see Boba Fett take on a Jedi. Well, a lot of people had wanted to see well, Boba Fett take on a Jedi. It takes on you Luke know, for they, about three seconds. Well, I mean, <laughs> but yeah. that didn't really count. That that right. doesn't doesn't count. Um, <laughs> I'll see you at the briefing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, we we really get a, a knockdown, drag out brawl between 
a Jedi who should theoretically be sort of above brawling uh, and a you know highly skilled bounty hunter. So, and especially Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan does not like to get down and dirty, but he's forced to. Um, so it's a, it's a really fun sequence and there ain't nothing wrong with that being, being on your list. That's for sure. That's a really fun, really fun action sequence. Um, it is not my number one though. Yes. I figured, I think I know what your number one is. I mean, if anybody has listened to me talk about attack of the clones for any length of time, they will know the Genosis arena battle <laughs> is my favorite action sequence possibly in all of star wars uh but definitely in the prequels um the the arena is just fantastic it's what i always wanted you know because you know the the jedi and the lightsabers and everything as a kid i just wanted to see jedi action and this we got we got jedi action in the arena here and it's just non-stop from you know from this party's over all the way to Around the survivors, a perimeter create. Um, you know, it's it's just everything is action packed. You know, lightsabers and blasters and everything. I I cannot get enough of this scene. I have said on this podcast many times. I used to go through frame by frame this whole sequence, and it's like you know seven minutes long. So that's a long time to go frame by frame. Um, but uh. I loved it, you know, and I would, you know, learn the various moves of the Jedi, you know, not only the foreground Jedi that we saw, but the background Jedi too, you know, and things like that. And I'd go outside with my lightsaber or the yellow wiffle bat, which was a better size and weight uh, for <laughs> what I wanted to do. Um, and I, and I do them, I'd, I'd learn them, you know, at the TV and then I'd take it out and I'd do it outside. And it was just, you know, some of the, most fun I had with this movie ever is, is that those things. So I, I cannot get enough of this arena battle and I, I will always love this scene. Um, uh, some favorite, you know, iconic moments in it. Uh, I do love Kit Fisto and three PO, you know, there's <laughs> no way around that. Um, yeah. You call this a diplomatic solution? No, I call it aggressive negotiations. You know, there's, you know, little things like that. Uh, Obi-Wan versus the Ackley, I think, is always funny because, you know, that Ackley is still hunting him after all this time. And, you know, finally, now that he has his lightsaber, he can take it down. Um, but, yeah, I just, I, I love this sequence. And it really, really fulfilled uh, what I always wanted to see on screen. Um so that's why that's why it's my number one action sequence in Attack of the Clones. So I knew it was going to be your your number one. That's why I didn't bother putting it on my list um, because I was like, <laughs> we'll get a chance to talk about it because I know it's going to be Jason's number one. Um, yep. But yeah, I, it is. It's something that I think a lot of Star Wars fans really wanted to see when we knew the prequels were coming. Is we wanted to see some pretty epic Jedi battle and. I don't think it gets much better than that shot of the droids running at this line of lightsabers. Like mm. that's as epic as it can get. <laughs> yeah. And it didn't, it didn't disappoint for the next seven minutes. Um, no, it's, it's phenomenal. You get to see. Um, and I remember, I don't, I don't, I'm sure I wasn't as rigorous as you with the frame by frame, but I do remember watching it repeatedly to, to specifically. So I could see the ones in the background. Um, mm-hmm. And some of them are a little bit weird. Cause they're obviously, fighting nothing and they're painting in the CGI later, but 
It is neat, though, if you really think about it, they're all using different lightsaber combat styles, too. So, again, it just shows that there is a diversity among Jedi warriors and their their, their styles of combat. Um, and I think, you know, pulling pulling out of just how cool it is to look at, I also like the idea that this is how Jedi stand up for each other, right? Some very important Jedi are in a very dire situation. So this is like the Jedi are, they're supposed to be like a family. Well, your family's got your back in those dire circumstances. So they really come to the rescue um, because I'm sure Jedi on missions get into trouble all the time, but don't get quite responses like this. But there's something really at threat here. You know, you have a fallen Jedi who's kind of the culprit, but you've also got the chosen one in peril. But you know, things are really sticky. So you just, you unite and you go help. Um, so I just, I love that so much. Um, and I do, you know, as much as I love the opening of the battle with them running at each other, I also kind of love right before Yoda shows up that awesome above shot of just this, you know, the circle, um, yeah. of, of a few survivors with this massive amount of battle droids, um, surrounding them. It's just, that's a Western shot right there. Again, that's the, the circling the wagon. Um, oh yeah. So no, it, it's, it's really awesome. good. Yeah. So I think that's the perfect one to end with. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, one of the highlight moments of attack of the clones in terms of action anyway. So I, I remember seeing that, that shot of that circle made it into a lot of trailers. So, um, I do remember that. Um, yeah. but anyway, there you have it. Some fun attack of the clones action sequences, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. I'm very happy. Um, so, yeah. So there you go. Um, <clears throat> as always, I love talking Attack of the Clones. Uh, um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, you know, that's going to do it for, for our episode this week. Um, and again, before we go, uh, just a reminder, final episode of the New Hope radio drama um, at the end of the episode here in a few minutes. Um, and I think this is the – like. I think this is the third time we've ran through the whole A New Hope radio drama on the show. Um, it is. So I'm really looking forward to uh, in two weeks coming in and talking nothing but that. Um, and I'm glad we're yeah. not doing it next week because I really want to go back and listen to the whole thing so I could use the extra time. <laughs> Same here. Same um, here. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, before we go, though, we do have a matchup for you. Um, and as promised, we're hoping – this will be nice and epic for you because we've gotten some pretty great new characters and returning characters in Mandalorian. So we are going to pit Bo-Katan against Cara Dune. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, some, some badass ladies in here. We, they I like, I would not last a second against either of them. Um, I can tell you that, uh, right now, but yeah, no, the, <laughs> this is going to be cool because, they they their styles are so different. They fight very very differently. Um, so I'm just curious to see what people are gonna gonna say about who who they think is gonna come out on top. I think I know where I'm leaning, but I'll have to go back and evaluate and see if that's just me being. But I like this person, so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited about this because this gives a lot of fun mental pictures of of how a matchup between the two characters would go. Yes. Um, Carl, if people want to weigh in on the matchup or anything else we've talked about in this episode, uh, where can they do that, sir? 
Uh, we are on Twitter at Wampa's Lair. You can find us on Facebook at Wampa's Lair Podcast. You can always send us an email at Wampa's Lair Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, we're on Instagram at the underscore Wampa's Lair. And if you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Wampa's Lair. Indeed. Anything else before we close down this Mandalorian Attack of the Clones centric episode, sir? Glad to do one more Attack of the Clones show next week. Yes, I'm so excited. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This has been episode number 404, Siege of the Clones. I'm as uh, for Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampa's Lair. Episode 13, Force and Counterforce. Long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution, when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. Now, that struggle has come to a decisive moment, as the empire's huge space-going fortress, the Death Star, approaches the rebel base on the fourth moon of the planet Yavin. The rebels have elected to stand fast, and engage the Death Star in a desperate battle in which they'll either triumph and save the galaxy from cruel imperial domination or be utterly destroyed by the terrible power of the battle station's prime weapon. As the rebels rush to scramble their tiny fleet of fighter craft for the assault, the imperial lords prepare to wipe them out of existence. It has seen the end of Obi-Wan Kenobi and will soon see the end of the rebellion. Yes, the Emperor will be pleased, Vader. The prime weapon is fully prepared, Governor Tarkin. We'll be able to obliterate the rebel moon the moment we're within range. Very good, Monty. Are all our people at the battle stations? We're on full alert status, sir. With your permission, Governor Tarkin, I'll make a personal tour of inspection. Nothing must be left to chance. As you wish, Lord Vader. I shall be back well before we fire the prime weapon. Governor Tarkin, may I compliment you on this achievement? Well, thank you, Motti. Although, of course, others made their contribution. Vader's efforts to locate this base, for example. But you supervised construction of the Death Star, sir. 
And you command it. In destroying the rebellion as you destroyed Alderaan, you'll prove that you hold the ultimate power in the galaxy. In the name of the Empire, of course. Of course, Governor Tarkin. But the Emperor is far from here and you are in actual control. This isn't the first time you've spoken in this fashion, Motti. Say what it is that's on your mind. If you command it, Governor. I do. Very well. This battle station has become the very source of the Empire's power. Not even the Imperial Starfleet could stand against us. And all of that power lies at your command. You are close to treason, Motti. Is it treason to point out that you could demand a position of authority second only to that of the Emperor? I would not care to have the Emperor as my enemy. But command of the Death Star makes you his equal. You could share dominion of the galaxy. <sighs> With you at my right hand. I'm your willing servant, Governor Tarkin. And then, of course, there's Lord Vader to consider. Yes, formidable as he is, the Dark Lord of the Sith is hardly an insurmountable problem. You think not? The personnel of this battle station owe their allegiance to you. Lord Vader, for all his superstitious trickery, can be dealt with. Do not forget that you wield the ultimate power. I shall consider what you've said, Motti. First, however, we must attend to the rebels. When they have been eradicated, there will be time to think further about your suggestion. we get this stuff loaded and get out of here, the better I'll like it. I want to be long gone when that Death Star starts firing. I still can't believe these rebels are going to take that thing on with snub fighters. On? Chewbacca? So, you got your reward. You guessed it. Hey, I see they found you a flight suit. You look just like an old hand, kid. We're just going to leave, Han. Yeah, that's right. We ditched that homing device the Imperials hit aboard the Falcon. We're raising ship. We got some old debts we gotta pay with this stuff, right, Chewie? <laughs> Even if we didn't, you don't think we'd be fool enough to stick around here, do you? I was hoping you would. Why don't you come with us, Luke? You're pretty good in a fight. I could use you. Oh, come on, Han. Why don't you look around you? You know what the Rebels are up against. They could use a good pilot like you. You're turning your back on them. Well, what good's a reward if you ain't around to spend it? Besides, attacking that battle station ain't my idea of courage. It's more like suicide. Yeah. Well, take care of yourself, Han. I guess that's what you're best at, isn't it? So long. Hey, Luke. Yeah? May the Force be with you. Sure. What are you looking at, Chewie? I know what I'm doing. Come on, let's finish up and raise ship. Princess? What's wrong? Oh, it's Han. I don't know. I really thought I could change his mind. He's got his own path to follow, Luke. No one can choose it for him. I only wish Ben were here. Wait, Luke. What? Before you go. A kiss for luck. 
Thanks. Luke, come on. I'll, I'll see you later, man. Yes, Luke. Goodbye. Luke, come on. We're lifting off in a minute or two. I'm all set, Biggs. So I saw. What? So you finally found your dream girl, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to know we'll be up there together, though. Yeah, just like back home in Tatooine, Luke. Racing through the Stone Needle. Well, there's your ship, Luke. An X-Wing. Well, I dreamed Master of this. Luke. Master Luke, sir. Oh, hi, 3 Sir, the Rebels are rather short of R2 units, and so they're putting R2-D2 in the technical socket of your fighter. <laughs> Great! At least I'll have plenty of friends up there with me. Luke, see you upstairs. Right. Hey, take care of yourself, Biggs. And very best of luck to you, Master Luke. Thank you, 3PO. Say, Red 5, your R2 unit seems a little beat up. You want me to see if I can find another one? Ah, not on your life. That little droid and I have been through a lot together. Whatever you say. You okay back there, R2? <laughs> Good. Hang on tight, R2. You simply have to come back, you know. You wouldn't want my life to become boring, would you? You're ready for liftoff, Red 5. Time to seal your canopy. Check. from right here, Your Highness, on this tactical display screen. I see, General Dodona. C-3PO, come on. There's room for you right here. Yeah. Thank you, Your Highness. Those blips there are our fighters. They're closing on the Death Star now. And what's their plan of attack? The Y-Wing fighters are our primary attack ships. That's Goldflight. Huh. They'll be first to make photon torpedo runs on the target shaft. And the X-Wing fighters? That's Redflight. They'll draw the Imperials' fire and fly flak suppression runs. And what if the Y-Wings don't manage to get a torpedo down that vent shaft? Then the X-Wing fighters are a contingency force. Uh -huh. They'll take up their torpedo attack. Death Star still approaching. Estimated time to firing range, 15 minutes. Are you certain that a direct hit down the shaft will stop the battle station? Not the torpedo itself, but the chain reaction a hit would set off in the station's main reactor, yes. General Dodona, Red Flight and Gold Flight are now in range of the Death Star. Patch in their communications net over the main system. Yes, sir. Red Flight, this is Red Leader. I haven't had an opportunity yet to thank you properly, Your Highness, for allowing me to follow the attack here in the operations center. What? Oh, you're welcome, 3 After all, you and R2 have been through a great deal for the Rebel Alliance. Even if it wasn't by choice. We both learned the full story when the plans for the Death Star were being retrieved from R2's memory banks. I only hope that R2 survives his current assignment. You care very much about R2-D2, don't you? I have grown used to it, even though we've only been together for a relatively short time. It's possible to care for someone very much. After All right, we're passing through the magnetic field. Hang on tight. We'll be doing a little rattling. Their countermeasures equipment should get them through. They've made it through the magnetic field. All ships, switch to your deflector shields. Double forward. Wow, would you look at the size of that battle station? Cut the chatter, Red 2. All ships, accelerate to attack speed. This is it, boys. 
They're moving into range of the Death Star. Red Leader, this is Gold Leader. That's the Y-Wing Flight Leader, Your Highness. Mm-hmm. I copy, Gold Leader. We're starting for the target shaft now. Good hunting, Gold Leader. Red Leader to Red Flight. We're in position. I'm going to fly across the battle station's axis and try to draw fire. That area is particularly well fortified. Mm-hmm. We'll be up to Red Flight to keep the Imperials busy. Heavy fire, boss. 23 degrees. I see. Stay low. Red Leader, this is Red 5. I'm going in. fight is better than an even chance against those heavy guns, Your Highness. Those X-Wings are very agile ships. But if the Imperials send out TIE fighters for ship-to-ship combat, what then? Well, then our hopes would rest almost entirely with gold flight. Red Leader, this is Red 5. I'm going in again. Watch yourself, Luke. There's a lot of heavy fire coming from the right side of that deflector. I'm on it. Flight leaders, we picked up a new group of signals. Enemy fighters coming your way. Fighters? I copy. My scope's negative. Stay here. Maintain visual scanning, Red Flight. With all this jamming, they'll be on top of you before your scopes can pick them up. General, can't we track the Imperial fighters for them? Not at this range, Princess. There's too much jamming and counter-jamming going on. Here they come. They're right behind us. We're not watching. We can't see them. Where is he? What coming up on your tail? I see him walking. This is tight. I can't shake you. Hang on, Biggs. I'm coming in. Stick tight to your wing, but out of you. We got him, Biggs. You're clear. Hey, thanks, Luke. This is a right bit four. I'll get him off your back. Rogu. Gold leader, three more fighters have left the Death Star. They may be after you. This is Gold Leader. I copy. Pull in, Luke. Pull in. Watch it, Fighters above you. Coming in. Oh, must have been caught. Got it. Hey, you all right, Luke? I'm hit, but not bad. R2 is working on it. General's dying. Is there anything we can do to help them? Every fighting craft we have is out there already, Your Highness. This oh. is what the X-Wings were sent to do. Keep the Imperials occupied. At least we're not outnumbered. Not yet. Red 6, can you see Red 5? There's a heavy fire zone over on this side. Luke, where are you? I can't shake this TIE fighter. Hold on, Luke. The Death Star is 10 minutes from firing. Thanks, Wedge. Anytime. Red Leader, this is Gold Leader. We are beginning our attack run. I copy, Gold Leader. Look to it. Exhaust port is marked and locked in. All Y-wings switch power to front deflector shield. Good. The targeting computers have picked out the exhaust port. How many gun batteries do you count, Gold 5? I say about 20 guns. Some on the surface, some in the tower. Switch over to targeting computers. Computers locked on. I'm getting a signal. Okay, we have a good chance now. Only a targeting computer has any real hope of scoring a precise hit. Because of the speed? That's right. They'll be flying down that trench so fast the shot's virtually impossible for an unaided pilot. The guns, they stop. Stabilize your rear deflectors. Watch for enemy fighters. They're coming in. Three marks in 210. Can't the X-Wings help them? They're still engaging the other Imperials. Gold fight is on its own now. They got gold, too. This trench is too narrow. I can't maneuver. Stay on target. We're too close to each other. Stay on target. Gold 5 to Red Leader. Lost Dutch, lost Tyree. I copy. I'm hit. The fighters came from behind. He's gone. The Death Star is at five minutes in closing. What do we do now, General Dodonna? Red Flight will have to try to make the attack run. They're all we have left. Yes, the Rebels' Y-Wing fighters have been destroyed, but their X-Wings have broken contact with our interceptors. We believe they're about to resume the attack the others were attempting. Do you suppose they have any hope of succeeding? No, sir. Lord Vader is out there in his personal fighter with his own wingmen. The other Rebels will meet the same fate as the first ones. As you say, still, perhaps caution is warranted. 
Uh, prepare my ship in case it seems more advisable for me to depart the Death Star. Governor Tarkin, pardon me, sir, but you mustn't consider relinquishing your command, even temporarily. Why not? This battle station is the source of your influence and power. If you show that you can be made to abandon it, you undermine your hope of gaining supreme rank in the Empire. You seem certain about that. I am, Governor Tarkin. And are you equally certain that there's no danger? No matter what the rebel strategy is, they'll fail. Lord Vader has personally annihilated their first attack group, and he'll do the same for the other. Yes, for one who professes to rely upon some unseen force, Vader is extremely adept with our most advanced prototype fighter. Very well, Monty. You won't regret this, Governor Tarkin. Governor Tarkin, we've analyzed the rebel attack, and it appears there may be a danger. Should I have your ship standing by? Evacuate? In our moment of triumph? I think you overestimate these rebels' chances. Come, gentlemen, let us watch the final destruction of the Rebel Alliance from the command center. The Death Star will be within firing range in three minutes. R2, see if you can't give me a clearer image on that targeting computer. Thanks. Now, better brace yourself. It's up to us now. Red light. This is Red Leader. Sound off. Red 2 here, Red Leader. Off to your right. Red 3 standing by. Red 5 at rendezvous mark 6.1. Red 10 here, boss. Red 12 right behind you, Red Leader. Uh, like we're all that's left. Red Leader, this is Base 1. Keep half your group out of range for the next attack run. Copy, Base 1. Luke, I want you to take Wedge and Biggs. Stay up here and wait for my signal to start your run. Me? Uh, I copy, Red Leader. Good luck, boss. Thanks. Okay, Red Flight. This is it. R2, our thing's going topside. Well, just do your best to keep the damage under control. Hey, can you hang on, Luke? I, I think so, Biggs. Good. It'll take all three of us to make a successful run. We should be able to see the target location by now. Keep your eyes open for those fighters. There's too much interference. Red Flight, can you get a visual on them from where you are? Uh, negative, Red Leader. There's no sign of... Wait, coming in on you, point five three. Hi, Sam. Targeting computer locked on. What's coming up? Hey, boss, hurry. Those fighters off me for a few more seconds. They're all over us back here. They got red 12. Oh, dear. I can't hold them. It's away. It's ahead. Negative. Computer didn't make it down the shaft. Red leader, we're right above you. Turn to point 05. We'll cover for you. Stay there. I just got red 10. I've lost my starboard engine. Their leader's flying a prototype fire. He's a real killer. Ah! Red pipes, get set for your attack run. It's all for me. Red 5, the Death Star will be within range in approximately one minute. Okay. Biggs, Wedge, let's close it up. We're going down that trench full throttle. Right with you, boss. Look at this speed. Will you be able to pull out in time after you fire? It'll be just like Beggar's Canyon back home, Biggs. Okay, we'll stay back and cover for you. It's up to you two to screen me from those fighters. My sculpture is a tower, but I can't see the exhaust port. Are you sure the computer can hit it? It'll hit it, Wedge. Please hit it. It's got to. Watch yourselves. Increase speed, full throttle. We're right behind you. R2, that stabilizer's broken loose again. See if you can't lock it down. Look out! High fighters right behind us. I'm hit. Losing control. I can't hold course. Well, get clear, Wedge. You can't do any more good back there. Sorry, Luke. The tires aren't following. They're staying on you. The leader's flying some kind of prototype ship. Hurry, Luke. They're coming in much faster this time. I, I can't hold them. R2, try and increase the power. The leader's last to me. Luke, I... Biggs? Biggs? Hang on, R2. Luke, 30 seconds left. 
Targeting computer. Locked on. Use the force, Luke. Ben? Ben! Let go, Luke. Trust me. Reach out with your feelings. I trust you, Ben. Luke, this is base one. You've switched off your targeting computer. What's wrong? There's nothing wrong. I I'm all right! They got R2! The Death Star is nearly in range! Their leader's right on my back! There's nothing I can do! What? Somebody's firing on them! Han? Okay! You're all clear, kid! Han, I knew you'd come back! Now come on! Let's blow this thing and go home! Reach out. My feelings and... Fire! It's away! Now get clear, kid! Pour it on! Huh? There's nothing to be worried about. Me and Chewie ain't too comfortable around all these ceremonies and formal stuff. <laughs> Look, they're gonna hang a medal around your neck. They're not gonna stand you up against a wall and shoot you. It's still not my line of work. You'll survive. You're taking it pretty well. <laughs> hey, that's a real sharp outfit they scrounged up for you. Mm -hmm. Oh, this? Well, <clears throat> I thought since the princess went to all the trouble of arranging a ceremony, I thought so, I might... Uh, you thought you'd make a good impression on her, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Smart boy. <laughs> still seems so strange to have met her, you know? I remember the first time I saw her, just an image from R2's memory bags. Yeah, it led you a long way, Luke. Sure did. Everything's so different all of a sudden. So many things have changed. Too bad about Biggs. And Ben and all the others. They're the ones who deserve the medals. Well, they died for something they believed in. What made you come back, Han? 
Uh, Wookie here got stubborn about it. <laughs> oh, come on. Well, he did give me an argument. Besides, I, I did some thinking about what you and Ben and Her Highness said. And, I don't know, a few things that happened to me along the way. So I turned the Falcon around. Maybe it's time I tried a steady job. Huh? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you did. That TIE fighter had me cold. I couldn't quite nail their leader, the one in that prototype fighter. Oh. He was good. Ooh. But I got one of his wingmen, and the other collided with him. And that knocked him out of the fight? Yeah, but I don't think it disabled him. I guess he got clear. Well, whatever happened, it was good enough for me. Gentlemen, the troops are assembled, and we're ready for the presentation. <laughs> now, what do I have to do again? Simply walk the length of the throne room to the dais, where the Princess Leia will award you your medals. <sighs> you can do it, Solo. It'll be easy. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Come on, Chewie. This way, gentlemen. Well, there's no backing out now, old buddy. Right. Hey, look at all these rebels. We better not be last on the tenant line. <laughs> You're supposed to be serious. <laughs> I'll bet they're tired of staring at each other. <laughs> hey, Chewie, give him eyes front. <laughs> Good discipline there. <laughs> Shape it up, will you? of the Rebel Alliance. <laughs> Glad we could make it, believe me. General Dodonna, the medals, please. Thank you. Accept these, the highest decoration the Alliance can bestow for your gallantry. Han Solo? You still can't come up with any more cash, huh? Han, if you don't act like a grown-up, I'll strangle you. <laughs> and Luke Skywalker. Thank you, Your Highness. No, Luke. Thank you. From the Rebel Alliance and from Leia Organa. What I did, I did for both, Leia. Oh, look, it's R2-D2. You're... Yes, Master Luke, he is completely repaired. Wonderful. And might we both offer you our sincere congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. And now you may turn to your comrades in arms and receive their ovation. How do you like being a hero, huh? <laughs> Some parts weren't too bad. <laughs> I don't know, you want to do it again sometime? What do you say, Luke? <laughs> Shall we? It wouldn't surprise me at all. Star Wars, Episode 13 by Brian Daly, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Bernard Behrens as Ben Kenobi, James Blendick as General Dodonna, 
David Clennon as Monty, Keen Curtis as Tarkin, Perry King as Han Solo, Brock Peters as Darth Vader, and Ann Sachs as Leia. Other players in the series were Adam Arkin, Joel Brooks, Clyde Burton, John Dukakis, Bruce French, David Allen Greer, Jerry Harden, John Harkins, Cynthia Herman, Scott Jacoby, Philip Collard, Meshack Taylor, Mark Vahanian, John Welsh, and Kent Williams. The series was directed by John Madden, with sound mixing and post-production by Tom Vigley. Music by John Williams. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Story editor for the series was Lindsay Smith. Casting and production coordination by Mel Sarr. Executive producer was Richard Toskin. Executive producer for Lucasfilm was Carol Teitelman. This is Ken Hiller. Star Wars was presented by National Public Radio in association with KUSC-FM Los Angeles with the cooperation of Lucasfilm Limited.